0: This week on the Recruitment Flex, LinkedIn is playing God when it comes to people's careers. What can we learn or not learn from nanny job ads and your bad hiring process are detracting Gen Z candidates, actually detracting all candidates. Welcome to the recruitment flex with Surge and Shelly. I'm Serge.
1: And I'm Shelly. And we talk all things recruitment starting right now.
0: Welcome to another week of the Recruitment Flex. I'm Serge, joined by my co-host, Shelly Billinghurst. Shelly. Hello, Serge.
1: Welcome back. Boy, I tell you, you have been on a marathon of travel, hey?
0: A lot of travel, which yeah. is good. You know, I work for a company that's in a completely different time zone and an other part of the country couldn't be further from where I live. I was at an executive leadership off-site at a beautiful cottage in Point oh. Duchenne, New Brunswick, which is right on the water. And obviously, Hurricane Fiona hit there. Yeah. Uh, the cottage was not affected, it's kind of in a bay in the ocean. Okay. So there was no Damage, But I did see quite a bit of damage. Houses, like a ton of boats were flipped over. So they did get hit oh. hard. And on that note, I need to close a loop on our last conversation because when we we're recording last week, my family in Fort Myers yeah. and Sanibel... Okay, we're yeah. getting bombarded. My parents-in-law, they had to escape because the water started coming into the condos. So they ended up on the third floor. The good news, it only went up maybe a foot. Which, oh, Okay, I was going to say, because
1: the car would have been on the main floor.
0: Well, their there. condo is on the main floor, but the right. main floor is still elevated from the parking lot. The cars are all gone. Like The water went Get over out. the cars. Yeah, the cars are all gone.
1: Oh, my God. So they so, lost their car?
0: All their cars, yes. They also had their sister in law with a brand new Mustang electric car that she'd been waiting for years to get, like she had to order it, and that floated away as well. So the cars are all gone. My sister in Sanibel, if you've been following the news, I think a lot of people have seen the disaster in Sanibel Island and they were affected pretty dramatically. The good news is their house is built on 12 foot still, so it actually didn't reach. The top floor, their main living area, but destroyed everything else. But they're safe right now. They're just starting to clean up the mess. My parents-in-law, they had to rip up the carpet. No other damage, and all these things can. Oh, but can still,
1: use. they lost their cars. Like yeah, that can you you realize be replaced, how right? how isolated you would feel if you can't just jump in the car and run to Costco and get what you need without they- having a car. And I would imagine, and tell me if I'm right. But it'd be near impossible to rent a car right about now.
0: Oh, it's impossible. The good news is my sister-in-law's husband, his mom lives in Fort Myers, actually closer to the ocean, but they got zero water. Really? She okay. was gone. So they're staying at her place and she had a car. So they have transportation oh. in that sense.
1: Yeah. Oh my goodness. So a little bit of an update. Wow. But- Thanks for the update. I'm glad everyone's safe, but still it's going to take years to recover. Brass right rebuild
0: years. yeah yeah spending the time in New Brunswick was also yeah. very fascinating obviously it's where I grew up yeah. until I was 20 and then I moved and made my way across Canada and ended up in Calgary one of the things yeah. that I found fascinating is the workers in say quick service or any type of service industry When I grew up, it was all local Canadians. That has changed dramatically. It's all new Canadians, which is fitting the demographic across the world. And we do need immigration. We need a lot of immigration, especially Mm -hmm. in those areas where the population is older. And Atlantic Canada's population is the oldest in Canada by far. Is that right?
1: Yes. Young people move to- They do. And the birth rates have been dropping probably- since the 1940s and 50s, Mm. right? So what's
0: new with you, Shelley?
1: Let me tell you, I got two things happening right now. And one, I'd like to get your advice on. I know you're a big fan of gig work. I know you've tried out a number of different sites or services. I really am needing someone to be a graphic artist on demand. I don't have full-time work. So I'm thinking this is exactly the answer for my business. What's some advice that you would give to me or other business owners that are thinking, you know what, I don't need to hire somebody full-time, but I want the expertise. Where should I start with this gig work? Fiverr was the
0: first place I went to, which I started off years ago. And I think the principle was behind it, everything for $5. Obviously, that's evolved. It's a lot more than $5 (laughs) now you type in exactly what you're looking for. So I was looking for uh, logo designers. Right. I typed in logo designer, gave me like a thousand options. And then you can pinpoint it if you're looking for a certain price points or an experience right. level. And I had really good experience with my logo designer. I thought he did an amazing job, but right, I right. really vetted his portfolio to get a sense what he's designed before fit with okay. the feel and the look that I have. And I can tell by what programs they use to do graphic design, because if I see Canvas or Adobe Express, which is tools that are built for people who are known graphic designers to put out content. Oh,
1: uh, I get, see what you're saying. Okay. Looking. See, I but, wouldn't know that.
0: Yeah. So Would I not at even occur to me. So that okay. use like Figma, uh, Sketch, like the latest tools that graphic okay. designers in the space use. That was the first thing that I looked at. Okay. So that went really well. Then I was like, we need to design a new podcast cover art, right? And I I did the first one and I'm not a professional. It looked okay, but it's not the level I wanted. Yeah. So I went out to 20 and it was like five to $10. They're all across the world. I'm like, I'm going to test it out. There's nothing to lose. Well, I probably contracted 10 people and they were all horrible. I would have done a better job as a graphic designer. There's two primary that I've used. Okay. fiverr and upwork the platforms are very easy to use very similar okay. feedback systems that say uh, uber or anything works that you get a really good sense of the work they do from the feedback that they're getting okay. i think the biggest advice is if you're hiring a graphic designer ask questions on how they design look at their portfolio okay. and look at the tools they're using
1: okay
0: and use examples. So i may
1: have that. to call you in Yeah, absolutely. Because I'm looking for someone on a recurring basis. Can you get the same person over and over again? You can. Okay. Okay. So here's the other thing. We have the opportunity to get to know some of our listeners. I met this week with one of the fans of the show. His name is Joe. Joe, thank you for your time this week. It was so valuable for me, Serge, because I was really wanting to understand what are TA practitioners facing? Today, right now, current market, we hear about inflation, we hear about wages, not being competitive, we hear about employer brand. And so someone who's in the trenches, day in, day out, what are you facing? But what really tweaked me to reach out to Joe and say, hey, let's have coffee. He is talent acquisition for his company. And he heard us say over and over again, just stop with the we're hiring tag on LinkedIn. Instead, he posted a picture of what it looks like where he works when the sun comes up over the ocean. And he said, this is the view from my office. This is what you would see as you pull into the parking lot. It was fantastic. I was just like, this is what we're talking about, Joe. So I did want to give him a shout out and thank him so much for being a fan of the show and putting into practice some of the things we talk about. And it worked. Obviously.
0: So well done. Sure. It did a perfect example of something different, something intriguing, because you always want to picture what it's going to look like working there. And to me, and this might just be me, but uh, the surroundings of wherever I am is a big factor. Obviously the people I work with is critical. But if I'm going to have a beautiful sunset and beautiful sunrise, yeah. Oh, day.
1: the view, it was breathtaking. Looking at that versus looking at the window of another office building, it was spectacular.
0: Perfect. Well, good advice. We're hiring is not the right tagline because everyone's hiring. Yeah. What a nice picture, something that stands out when people are going through their yeah. LinkedIn feed. I think it's the message there. Yeah. Let's jump into the recruitment. Yes. Yeah. Okay, right. go. The last couple of weeks, there's been a lot of discussion about a recent discovery that LinkedIn had been doing an A B testing on their users. Let me give you a little bit of the highlights. LinkedIn spent five years quietly researching more than 20 million users by tweaking the professional networking platform's algorithm. So, researchers were trying to determine through A B testing whether users end up with more job opportunities when they connect with known acquaintances or complete strangers. What they were doing is when you're on LinkedIn and it suggests people you may know. Yes. And they were giving different sets to two different groups. Some that had really strong ties were first or second connections. Some they were further away connections to see if there was a correlation of how people find jobs through those connections. The interesting aspect of it is it actually proved that most job seekers get most jobs through weak ties rather than strong ties, which is the opposite of what you would think. Why should you care? I think is the question here. And really we live in a world of weak ties. We all have a lot of connections on LinkedIn, and we probably have never met a lot of those connections, especially in the last three years, right? But for us, what does that mean? It's, it means when we're sharing content to our followers, you got to put in perspective that these weak ties might be your next job. they might be your next business opportunity. I do think with this research, there is potential challenges like the users did not know that they were part of an A-B testing, and this could affect the type of jobs they have, the opportunities. Obviously, LinkedIn comes out being like, well, we didn't change anything that would potentially affect. We're testing what worked and what didn't. And I'm like, oh, that sounds a little bit sketchy. But as someone said to me, if you're not paying, you're the product. And LinkedIn users are the product. What was your overall take here?
1: Oh my God, you just said exactly what I was going to say. It's a give and get platform. I signed up, I think, in 2005. (laughs) That's how long I've been on LinkedIn since 2005. And, you know, I would have signed terms and conditions at the time. Did I read them? No. Does anybody know? But the fact is, you have voluntarily given your information. What I found interesting though was. Like, it didn't bother me that they're doing A-B testing with this. It's actually kind of fascinating to me. Yeah. I love that they're sharing or, or whoever revealed this is sharing this information because it is true to its original format of being a network, right? We have a choice to connect. You know, like I have complete strangers that are halfway around the world. I can accept their connection or I cannot. And I can tell you I'm not an open networker. I've got my little decision-making process and those people I reach out to so that the people who are in my network are in the same industry, right? Which makes sense. But I don't know if I ever saw LinkedIn as anything but an opportunity to kind of build my own brand Yeah. versus how they could manipulate me to not get an opportunity or get an opportunity. I never saw it that way. If the bulk of the 20 million users on LinkedIn see it as a make or break for my next job, you better give your head a shake. Seriously, certainly building relationships with people, finding information about your industry, staying current, somewhat entertaining, yes. But if you're relying on LinkedIn to get you your next job, Well,
0: I don't know. Shelly, if you think about it, this is where we make most of our connections and where people can see a little bit of who we are before they even get to meet us. If I'm sharing valuable content that people find really interesting, it might hit that CEO and be like, I need to hire this guy to run my talent acquisition because he's thinking the way that we should be thinking. And that's happened that I've had people recruit me based on things I've either posted or just a reputation that I have.
1: That's exactly what I'm saying. Okay. You have the opportunity to control your personal brand. And that's what our friend Ken Wilkinson talks about all the time. She got like 9,000 people sign up for her presentation on LinkedIn about your personal brand because people get it. Yes. Like You have the opportunity to reach many and control how you're perceived. You have to invest the energy into it. You True. still have to put the time in. You still have to do everything yourself, but the platform is free.
0: Facebook does a ton of A-B testing on us. Even if we correlate to this industry, if you knew how much A-B testing that Indeed does on users, you would be shocked, but they're trying to improve their platform, which I completely am on board, right? If you move the button to a certain side, are you going to get more people that are going to click on apply? Some will get the buttons on the other side and they take that data and move to the button where the data shows that it has more propensity to move. They'll show jobs to a different set of users than other users to see if that's more attractive. All job boards, all tech companies do this. I have no yeah. issues with it. And I thought it was interesting in looking at the research that actually weak ties have the opportunity for more jobs than strong ties. So
1: fascinating. Yeah. Love one it. One of the things
0: that we've had a challenge throughout the years is setting expectations for hiring managers of what you can require from people in the current market. One of that segments we never talk about, it's not really in the world of corporate, but it's one that I found in an article and I've gone through the experience of hiring a nanny. And there was this lady that shared job postings for nanny. And it's absolutely shocking how unaware people are. Obviously, they're not in the recruitment industry. Oh. They're a mom or a dad that wants to hire a nanny.
1: No but, awareness of employment law.
0: No awareness of employment law. <laughs> no awareness law. of
1: discriminatory hiring practices.
0: So I, I want to read you a couple, right? Oh and then God. I want to it's go so from bad. there. So school is started, And that means we once again need a nanny. Please read all of these requirements. You need to have a master's degree or higher so that our seven-year-old will be intellectually challenged. No, your Bachelor of English doesn't mean you're smart. Sorry. You must be between 24 and 28 years of age to keep up with the activity level of our kiddos. And please plan to have your own housing. Don't assume you will be staying with us. Yes, we have extra room, but the privilege is earned, not assume. We need you from 7 to 8.30 a.m. and 3 to 6 p.m. every weekday, and the pay will be $18 daily.
1: (laughs) No, this has got to be a joke.
0: No, oh, it's not uh, a joke. Uh, let me go through another one. Then, uh, Oh, my
1: God. Looking oh my for God. a
0: babysitter in the area. PM me if you're interested. Here are my requirements. Have a bachelor degree in child care or nine years of relevant babysitting experience. Three good reference with phone numbers, full-time availability, your own car and driver's license, native English speaking and preferred second language to teach my children. CPR certified, no history of traffic tickets and no problems with the law. I will be running your name through databases. <laughs> no tattoos, no drugs, no alcohol, oh, no. no sketchy oh, no. social media behaviors. Must be okay with my two pit bulls. <laughs> Must be okay with emergency last minute. Perfect no attendance. Way. Oh, the last one. Ideally, will be a Trump fan in exchange. I will be offering $10 under the table cash. It's like making $15 an hour normally, but without paying tax. Serious inquiries only. There is a list of a thousand of this. And what I find funny about oh this my is God. just the lack of awareness <laughs> and the privilege that just comes out. But we have hiring managers, maybe not to this degree. If we had them write the job ad, this is exactly what it would look like. So when you saw this, what was your thoughts? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I thought it was a joke. But you're right. So there's part of the theory, I think, and I'm not trying to defend them, but you get what you ask for. And so if you ask for everything you want, you believe that's what you'll get. Without realizing that you're going to repel anyone who has any bit of self-esteem, confidence, or is any good at their job, those people will be repelled. Can you imagine a world where you read this and went, that sounds exactly perfect for me? Like, I I only want to work from 7 a.m. to 8.30 and then do nothing till 3 in the afternoon for $18 a day. Like, really? It's got to be a joke. I'm reading this and I'm thinking, this has got to be a comedy writer.
0: Oh, and there is hundreds of these. When I hired our first nanny, there's like a nanny job site mm-hmm. where we posted an ad and I was looking at the other ones before writing mine, and it was so easy for me to stand out, right? Uh, Like, again, this person is going to be a part of raising your kids. It's a big fucking job. It's a big job. And as a parent, you want to be very conscious. But to your point, this repels the good people. It's good to have expectations. I
1: love that we are connecting this directly to what we see on every single job board. It is the exact same principle. It's not that hard to stand out if you would just put a little bit of effort into writing a decent job ad that actually sounds like a human being and not some monster trying to discriminate and to say, well, your bachelor's degree won't cut it. That is so overt. But really, when we look at job ads for roles that there's just no way you need a four-year university degree to do that job. Give me a break. Equally ridiculous. If you would just simply put in a little effort, you will rise to the top. Because it's so easy to stand out. Well, isn't it also really blind? There's
0: several laws being broken by these jobs.
1: <laughs> so here's what we do really good in corporate is we use words that will repel women. Yeah. We're not so overt as this saying you have to be between the ages of 24 and 28, which that's against the law. Um <laughs> so yes there's many laws broken in here we've just found cl- more clever ways to use big words that just cloak the fact that it's written by a man to hire only men who are born only in canada and went to a specific university
0: well doesn't point out what we talked about a couple of weeks ago when mm-hmm. we use words like digital native right? It's a fancy way of saying. <laughs> That's you,
1: all we've done. Listen, we, you, better be you young. know it. That is exactly what we see on these job boards. And unless you're trained to zero in on these words and saying must be completely proficient, give me a break. So continuing on about poor hiring processes for Gen Z, you know, The application process is one thing. There's a good article here that was reported through Bullhorn. I think they've been around since probably the early 2000s as one of the original applicant tracking software solutions for the staffing industry. Yeah, Correct? They are now coming out with this report, going through this torturous application process where specifically Gen Z candidates, 75%. We'll just abandon the job application process. The apply process is one thing, but imagine like once you get through, it's going to take an organization six weeks to get somebody hired. Yeah. I know we talked about this all summer, but now we've got proof. (laughs) It wasn't just an isolated experience of a Gen Z. And the fact that companies are so oblivious to how long this process is taking, speed is really what's going to win the day. So this report just supports it. Was there anything in here that you wanted to highlight, Serge? Yeah, there's a couple
0: things. And like you said, we've talked a lot about how important speed, simplicity, and the ability to apply in a world where there's more jobs than people, and also how we've been conditioned, especially Gen Z, Millennials, and even Gen X. And we want our experiences that we have online to be the same when it comes to applying for a job. And what I mean by that is Amazon has been dominant for one reason, you can find everything that you need. The buying process is very simple. You click on buy now or add to cart, you go, you press another button, done. You've bought. And we've been conditioned to that. And now when we go and apply for a job and we have to go through this tedious process where you're loading your resume and you're registering, you're putting information that is not relevant to the job At worst case too, and this is still more than 50% of applicant tracking system and career sites out there, it's not a mobile first application and the data is very clear. It's at least 75% of the traffic on job boards right now are mobile. But when you go to apply and you go to an ATSA like SuccessFactors and you're pinching and moving around, you're not going to apply for that job. The process is just broken And Gen Z are talking by walking. If the process is not right, they're just not applying to your company. What's frustrating for us, people say when they like, well, they have to put some effort in because if they're not going to put effort, I don't want to hire them because they're lazy. But that's not how it works in a world of a lot of competition. It doesn't mean that this job seeker is lazy in any way Mm -hmm. because the job seeker Maybe they had a shitty Monday, their boss was an asshole and they're going through a job board and like, oh, this'd be a great job. But they don't have 40 minutes to go through the application process, but they'd be interested in applying. They'll click on the apply now, automatically takes a resume that they have saved on LinkedIn, Indeed, or whatever the case is, and they've applied for the job. If you would have made it harder for them, they're not going to apply. So potentially... A genius candidate at the perfect time saw your job ad and you weren't able to convert them. That's your fault. And right now, Gen Z employees are 27% of the global labor force. They're Mm -hmm. a big part of it. I don't think this only applies to Gen Z. I know this research is Gen Z focused, but I think millennials are exactly the same. And I'm Gen X and I would be the same. Maybe I wasn't 10 years ago when I started applying for jobs. You're a Gen X. Wouldn't you say if you were looking for a job compared to when you applied for jobs 30 years ago, your expectations are different? Would you go through that long hiring process?
1: Here's what I think is most relevant in this research. If it were at the beginning of my career, I would apply for one job and wait to hear back. Yeah. The difference here is that Gen Z will apply to, say, maybe 10 jobs. And start the process, you know, called in for one interview, and then I heard nothing from the recruiter. Then I get called for another interview, so I go meet with them. That's the biggest difference between the way we used to do it and now. If it were today, would I just find one single job and apply to it? No. No. Absolutely not. And that's really what this is saying is out of a thousand candidates in the summer of 2022, One third of these candidates took a job somewhere else while they're waiting for the process to finish. That was exactly Brooklyn's experience, right? Six weeks to get hired. Well, in the meantime, someone else called me back, hired me, and I started the next day. So speed will win the day. I don't think anybody just applies to one job, sits back and waits to see what happens.
0: I'm glad you brought that up because one of the things that was cited in this research was the most common reason for people to give up on a potential job application is they receive another opportunity while they were in the middle of the process and they took that. So perfect example of speed. There's another research that says right now companies are taking 22 days before they respond to an applicant that's applied for a job. Come on. Obviously that is way too long. And I'm not blaming recruiters. We're dealing with recruiters sometimes that have 60, 100, 200 recs. And the rec volume is extremely high. But if you're taking 22 days to respond to an applicant that's applied for a job, well, you're not going to get them. Speed is still the key. And to me, the most important thing, can you apply in a mobile? I'm going to point towards the Amazon model, not Amazon's application model, but Amazon's buying, method; it should be very similar. That's what we're used to. And that's what we expect, especially Gen Zs. Absolutely. So another great week at Recruitment Flex. We're recording this a little bit different because I've been on the road, actually. I think I was in bed at 3 a.m. last night. And it's, what, 9 oh, a.m.? Well,
1: you're you're very chipper considering you've only had two hours of three hours sleep. <laughs>
0: I think I've only had three hours of sleep the whole week. so To be young again. (laughs) I'm not that young, Shelley. I'm looking at my beard and it's very gray. I feel very old this morning. You don't look it. Anything new with you? Anything that's coming up?
1: So I just about fell out of my chair. You know who they announced is now? Ryan Reynolds. Reynolds. Why did you have to trump me on that? I had to steal your thunder. Yes, you did steal my thunder. Ryan Reynolds has been announced as one of the keynote speakers for Future Works in New York. And yeah. yes, I will stalk him.
0: Yeah. It's so funny. Cause I saw that yesterday. And Did the you? first thing I thought was like, Shelly is going to be <laughs> ecstatic I and mean, he's going to be there live compared to Yes. And, uh, yes, today. he is.
1: And there is a Canadian only pre-event party that I've been invited to. And so I immediately messaged them and I'm like, is Ryan going to be there? I'm trying to figure out where I strategically need to be because I've been invited to a couple of parties. And so I'm thinking, do I go to the Canadian only one? Cause he's Canadian. He's got to come to that party.
0: I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Well, I wish you the best of luck. And I'm a little (laughs) bit nervous of you coming back, especially after last week's episode where you had those indeed the pom poms going. Yes. uh, Oh,
1: let me tell you, I am going to be the number one fan after coming back from that.
0: Well, I hope you enjoy it. Is it next week? Or do we? It is. Yeah. Oh, wow.
1: It's Thursday, the 12th and 13th. Yeah.
0: I hope you'll have a lot of fun. We'll have to record before you go and after you go. Shelly, have a great weekend. And for our listeners, thank you for listening.
1: Thanks, Serge. Bye now.